as human beings, we got to learn how to love each other. And as human beings, we got to learn how to teach others too as well. Knowledge is power when you implement it. Knowledge don't mean when you don't implement it. You're listening to Toolbox of the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals where we interview leaders for their best tips and tricks of the trades. Learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in. Hello, contractors, and welcome to the Toolbox for the Trades. I've got a very special episode for you today featuring an incredible guest. Mario Campirano, the owner of Express Electric in Southern California. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you already know that Mario is a pretty remarkable person. The amount of passion and commitment he brings to his work, his team, and his community is inspiring, which is why in October, we invited him to join us on a live webinar to speak about Spanish and the trades. We talked about how Express Electric successfully markets to and serves Spanish-speaking customers, how this influences the culture at the company, and Mario's drive to uplift his local community. What you're about to hear is a truncated version of that webinar designed for this podcast. To learn more about the stats I shared before and watch the entire webinar where Dago talks about features and service Titan that can help you better serve your Spanish-speaking customers, check out the links in our show notes. Enjoy! So excited to have you join us here today. So I would love to kick off this interview the way I do most of my interviews. Can you please tell us how you got into the trades? Yeah, I think I think for the most part, a lot of people know my story. You know, I got into the trade by my wife pushing me, actually, right? So working for agencies and trying to look for a job and got home one day and didn't have a job. And then my wife grabbed a phone book and found an agency that was for contractors. And that agency it was actually called Contractors Labor Pool. I don't know if it exists anymore, but because of, you know, finding that location and getting into an agency that works for the trades, I was exposed to different trades, but, you know, was, was had the opportunity to find an electrical company that took me on board. And that's how I started in the trade. It was quite, quite exciting. Let me tell you, quite exciting. Right. So I was called in to dig a, a large trench at a park. And then I earned the name, the Mexican Trencher. Right. So, which was pretty amazing, but I, I think I was pretty good at it because they kept me. And that's how, that's where my journey started as an electrician. And also because I wanted something different in my life, but what I, what I really wanted is, is I wanted change. I wanted something different in life. And that's how I started in the trades and started climbing the ladder in the trades and got exposed to quite a bit of it. Amazing. Yeah, and credit you. to your wife, by the way, for putting you on that path. So you could be with us here today. Yeah, I don't know if she did it because she wanted to help me or I don't, think, I don't know if she did it because she got mad because I came home without a job that day, right? So <laughs> I guess both, right? Worried, concerned. So good. today you are the owner of Express Electric. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about Express Electric, where you guys located, how many techs you have, and also how you got from trench digger to owner of Express Electric. Right. So, you know... Express Electrical Services, we have three offices. Our main corporate office is located here out of East LA, borderline city of commerce, which is a lot of people know it as East LA. And, you know, we're running out in the field about 32 service trucks, but we have maybe about 40 guys out in the field, including apprentices that we don't have quite yet on service time because they're apprentices. However, you know, we're doing some some great things. We have an office out in Orange County. We have an office out in the Riverside. And we soon have an office coming in the Santa Clarita market. 
right? So we're expanding and, you know, for us doing electrical, it's a little bit of a challenge. It's different than HVAC. It's different than plumbing for sure. You know, with electrical, it's, it's more of a challenge to make sure you, you're marketing yourself correctly in order for you to get the phones to ring, right? Totally a different type of trade, but it could be done. I want to know how you got from Trench Digger to owner of Express Electric. That's a pretty big jump. <laughs> it is. You know, back in 1997, they started running background checks. And when they started running background checks, my background was not as clean as it should have been, right? We make mistakes when we're young. And, you know, obviously I had made some mistakes in my past. And because they started doing background checks, you know, every job that I was getting, I was getting let go of. And because my background wasn't clearing and and then I had the opportunity that I actually worked for the company that I acquired. So Express Electrical Services is a company that I worked back in 1999. And now I had the opportunity to acquire it, which I did, but it's the necessity. You know, a lot of the things that happen in life as a Hispanic, as a Mexican-American, as second generation Mexican, Chicano, when you see your parents struggling tremendously, it's the necessity. How much of a necessity do you want to make a change? Do you, you know, you got to feed your family, right? So I got into this business because I didn't have the opportunity as others like to stay on a job because of my background, right? So because I was getting a lot of doors closed, but a lot of other doors were being opened, right? Yeah. And here I am today, and I, I'm, I'm blessed. I have no words to say how blessed I am, you know? I thank my wife and my kids for putting up with me and I have an awesome staff. I have, we have an awesome culture here. That's great. Here we are today. That actually is a perfect segue into my next question. Cause when we first spoke to you about this opportunity and we wanted you to be a guest, you told us a lot about your culture and how your team members really influence it. Can you speak more to that, please? You know, the majority, I want to say about 85 to 90% of all our workforce here, our staff are, Mexican-Americans, and our culture here is always a win culture, camaraderie. We all get along. We make it a family a family environment. You know, when we have a, a picnic, per se, which we did, we just had our picnic in June this year. Of course, we took a break in 2020, but, you know, we had a, a live band, and it was what we call in Mexican, we call it banda. We had mariachi, and it was, and that's what we do for our, our hangouts. We have our culture that comes in. And, you know, that represents who we are, right? And even though we have other, other ethnics here, you know, and they don't mind. They, they love listening to mariachi. They, they, they just love it, right? So, and because we have that, that camaraderie and because we have that, that family environment, right, it starts to build like, hey, let me help you get where I'm at and let me teach you what I did that made a difference in my life, right? So, and I see that. For the most part, when I interact with my technicians, I see that they try to lift themselves up instead of dragging themselves down. We're not perfect. And I don't try to be perfect because I'm not. There's mistakes that we do make. But for the most part, we have a very fun time, I guess you can say. You know, like I've said in, in other podcasts or other Zoom meetings, we rap in our, in our hallway because we have music playing throughout the whole building. And we start rapping, uh, people start singing, and there's times that we walk in here and there's a lot of Mexican music going on, Vicente Fernandez and Javier Solis and Los Bukis, and, you know, it just goes on and on, right? So it's a mixture of rap, Mexican music, the, you know, hard rock, but we all embrace it. 
I love that. And also, I just want to make a, a little attachment. I don't know if you have, but you know, you said your team members very much try to lift themselves up and empower one another. From what you just briefly told us about your start in the trades, it sounds like that's also your mindset too. So I want to commend you as a leader for setting that example and having your team members follow that as well. Oh, thank you. You know, yeah. for us, it's really important for us to pick everybody up. For us, training is key to success. For us, it's Let's not go under an assumptions. We can't operate a business off assumptions. We can only operate a business based off, you know, our, our key performance indicators, our KPIs. But when we see somebody struggling, we just can't give up on that person, right? As human beings, we got to learn how to love each other. And as human beings, we got to learn how to teach others too as well. Knowledge is power when you implement it. Knowledge don't mean when you don't implement it. I'm sorry, but it doesn't. You know, you could be the smartest person on earth, but if you don't want to share your knowledge, it's worthless. But if I can share some of my knowledge to my staff and then they can pass it on and keep passing it on, that's where you make the most impact when you start changing other people's life. And it's great to see first-time homeowners here when you see them like, hey, I'm about to buy a house and everybody starts cheering for them. So we're on, we're on Facebook Workplace, right? So we implemented that a few months ago. And there's a lot of people that engage in there, you know, they start engaging and, and start sharing some of their successes on there, which is great, you know, so yeah, it's about lifting each other up. That's awesome. And for anyone who doesn't know, I think Facebook Workplace is a tool that Facebook just implemented where you can connect with your coworkers on Facebook and kind of have own communities that completely encompass the Express Electric family, right? That's right. So with Facebook Workplace, you know, we did have some people that don't like social media and they were concerned about it. And I said, because it's something you have to pay for, it only stays within our community, only the business. It doesn't go beyond that. So if somebody tries to look you up on Facebook, they won't find you because it's just a part of, you know, that's what it's called, Facebook Workplace. It's only, a, you know, part of that. So, but it's pretty awesome to see, you know, a lot of interaction there. It's pretty great to see them post up some stuff about work, some stuff that they post up about, Somebody was at the Dodger game the other day. It was pretty cool to see that, you know, they were there, you know, rooting for their, their team. And so we, for the most part, we try to do, we try to make it a family environment, which is very important. Some of them might disagree and I'm okay with that, that people can disagree with me. I only know what works for us. Does that make sense? hundred percent. And just going back to you having a culture of lifting one another up, giving tools, having a culture that allows people to connect and celebrate each other's wins all works out in the end. And I imagine too, with retention, the more positive a culture is, the more the more people are able to congratulate one another, the more folks are, are eager and willing to st stay at Express for long periods of time, right? Yeah, when you talk about retention, you know, I think every company, you know, either they struggle to keep guys out on the field or, or they keep guys. And my longest technician that's been with me has been with me for 18 years. But just to give you some stats, our retention rate for our field technicians we're running at 97%. Our turnover is very, very low and knock on some wood, I would like to keep it that way. But it has to do about communication. Communication is key to success, right? Because we're asking our service technicians to perform work, to go out in the field and do a presentation, collect the money, bring it back home. There's got to be a work and life balance, right? And you have to also adjust to different attitudes, different personalities, and you got to learn how to read everybody. And you know, certainly I don't communicate with every single one of my technicians, but I can walk out of my office and run into somebody and make them my best friend. But I don't do it to gain something from them. I do it just so we can respect each other and we can always look at each other and say hi to each other. I know every single one of my people that work for me by their first name. 
You know, I might not know their last name, but I can sure remember their first name. Because again, it's about making sure that we can help another human being. So, I mean, I'm big into helping people. Believe me, I am. I'm, I believe in God tremendously. And I think he's put in my heart. I'm, I'm in a different cap in my life now where I believe that as human beings, we should be helping each other, not hurting each other. I agree with you 100% on that one, Mario. Hey, contractors, right now, homeowners are finding out which of you are using Service Titan. Why? Because Service Titan is software built to deliver the kind of easy, modern experience that lets them book service right in Google search, track technician trucks, and approve no-nonsense digital estimates on the spot. So, contractors, when homeowners recommend the last five-star experience they had with a plumbing, electrical, or HVAC professional, will they be talking about you? Visit ServiceTitan.com to request a software demo today. All right, so let's pivot a little bit to how you started marketing to the Spanish-speaking market. Christopher showed that map a few minutes ago. California, New Mexico, Texas have giant Hispanic populations. What made you decide to break into your local Spanish-speaking market? Because where I'm located, right? I'm located in East LA. When I see those numbers, I'm like, surely those people got to be here in East LA because, boy, everywhere you walk around. Joke, by the way. (laughs) It, It had to do with serving our own community. I wanted to make sure that I can outreach to my own community. There was a while that we were like totally closed. And what I mean by that, we were closed-minded. We were like, we're not going to service anybody around the community because they won't pay our rates. Was it a challenge at the beginning? Absolutely. It was a challenge because I already know that when you're, when you start advertising and start running calls in a very heavy populated Hispanic area, the culture behind it is I can find somebody from down the street that can do it for less. I can find the handyman that can do it for less. So it was a challenge at the beginning. And the rebuttals for us had to be is we had to show them what was the difference between us and them. Who is them? Well, I'm just using the word them, you know, the competitor, the handyman, the the person that's doing it without a license. Now, I don't take anything away from them. Like, believe me, everybody's got to feed their own family somehow. But what we did is we started educating the customer once they were calling in to book a service call, right? So when we knew, first of all, they were calling in to book a call. And the first thing they were asking is, does somebody speak Spanish there? And then our call taker was like, yeah, I do, right? The majority of the call takers at that point, were talking just, you know, a lot of them were bilingual. So that number one, by doing that, that created a lot of comfort at the beginning, right? Because when you say you don't have somebody, then it kind of makes it, you know, you feel uncomfortable at that point. But when somebody called in and you have a Spanish speaker, automatically start talking to them and create comfort. But at that point, you can also start disclosing what makes us different just to make sure that the customer is ready for us to go run the call. Now, some of them might say, you know what, you're weeding out the type of customer that's there versus the type of customer that, that you don't want. It could be, you can look at it multiple different ways, but at the end of the day, I want to make sure that we're providing the value that the customer needs to understand who we are as a company. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. You were basically, just to recap what you said, you were essentially, you were figuring out a way as to how to say, this is what Express brings to the table as your service, as your service business that you choose to partner with. Here are the warranties and whatnot that we can guarantee you. And you were just basically educating the customer and saying, yeah, you can go with the person on your block who's working without a license, or you can go with us. And these are the benefits that come with that. Did I wrap, did I sum that up correctly? You did. And you know, one of the things we actually took that 
And we now use it for almost every single call that calls in. And one of the things that we do is we ask them is, have you ever had, so for example, one of the, one of the things that we ask is, have you ever had electrical work done in your home? When's the last time you actually had a technician there? Because we want to make sure that they understand that if they've had somebody or they had somebody in the past in their home, then it creates a conversation. Now, now the service call takes a different toll. It takes a different road at that point. And when it takes a road at that point is we want to know what happened in that relationship with that other company or handyman, call them what you want. And we want to know where they went wrong so we don't make the same mistake. And then we start taking it from there, right? Well, let me, let me tell you why, why we're different. Because again, we don't want to be the cause of them getting into a disagreement with the handyman that they normally use, right? We don't. Right. We want to give them the opportunity. So again, everybody has to feed their family how they see fit. You know, and, and the other challenge for us is how do you, I don't want to use this word, but I'm gonna, it's the word that comes out. How do you sell this to your own techs? When the technicians that you have, if I'm running 90% technicians out in the field that are, you know, second generation Mexican Americans, how do you sell this to them? Because they already know the mindset of the local community that are very Hispanic populated. And it's really about just opening up their eyes that there's opportunity to help out people within our community and help out our own people, right? Because again, do you know how many stories we hear even today on the person that gets ripped off? Because they used the handyman and the handyman didn't have a license, took, them a, took their money and he never came back. There's multiple stories that we hear that till today, that still happens today. When we get a phone call and says, hey, well, somebody took off with our money and didn't come back. And that kind of hurts my heart, but I'm not here to change the world. I'm here to help out my community and help out my, my race. I am very, so my brother is a part of the organization. He's my rock. And we're very driven to help our own community, right? How do, we, how do we educate our own community? How do we educate them where hiring somebody that has a license, it's the way to go, right? How do we help the average kid that walks through here coming home from high school that's completely lost, that completely doesn't know what he wants to do in, in going to college or not, or some of them can't afford to go to college. Some of them don't even want to go to community college because their grades might suck. How do you grab somebody there and just start talking to them and saying, hey, you know, there's a different way that you can earn money besides going to go work at a fast food restaurant. No offense to the fast food restaurant. I'm not here to offend anybody, but I'm here to see if we can actually open up the minds to some of our young kids that can actually become tradesmen and make a good life for themselves, right? Because not only will you change their mindset, you will financially change the way they think, right? So I know that I shared this with you guys on Friday when I said, you know what, I have a good friend that told me a story that, that you know, one of the gentlemen that, that he knows grew his company by 140 people by driving around to Home Depots and having a conversation. He had a translator with him or not. And he had conversations and saying, hey, listen, I will teach you. I will send you to school. I just need commitment from you. And he was able to grow his organization by 140 trucks more by doing this. And surely that's a success story for that person. So I have a similar success where I converted three or four Home Depot workers into electricians. They're no longer with me, but I was able to change their life by making them electricians. They committed themselves to me for about five years and they were able now to become electricians. Matter of fact, I ran into one of them at the DMV for, for you guys that are from another part of the state. 
part of the, the DMV Center for Department of Motor Vehicles, which we all hate here in California because we're there for about a good two hours. I ran into him at the Department of Motor Vehicles, and he was very grateful that that uh, you know he picked up the trade, and it was pretty awesome to see him that he's doing pretty good for himself, and he ended up getting a license, and he ended up starting up his own little gig, and uh, it was pretty great to see that. You know, I, I felt some type of way where I said, you know what, I helped this guy, and it felt good to help somebody, right? I didn't know what his needs were, or I don't know how much, but let me tell you, there is people dying every single day trying to get into this country. Every single day they are dying to get into this country because we live in the best country in the world where there is opportunity and there's dreams that come true in this country. And there's people here that already live here today that all they're looking for is just a little bit of help because they're lost. That's all. And let me tell you something about El Mexicano, the Mexican-American, the Chicano. There's some of them. Now, I won't say for all, but I only speak for, for, for what's out there as far as the statistics prove. We are some hardworking mother. Mm, we are. We are known to bust our tail. We are known not to say no, and we are known to hit the grind hard. We just hit it. We just, we're known for that. And I just, I, I start getting this passion about talking about my own race because yo soy mexicano 100% and I love it. Mario. You got two, uh, you got two Salvadorians here to back yeah. you up as well. Mario. Latinos, bro. Hey, hey, listen, I'm not only talking for the Mexican here. I'm talking about the Latinos, right? I'm talking about for Latin Americans. You have Guatemaltecos, Salvadoreños. You have, you know, other parts of, what's the other ones? Nicaragua. You know, hardworking people, man. You know, they come here for to live the American dream. And we're here to look out for opportunities. And some of them just need a little bit of help. That's all. And what do I mean by help? What do I mean? Like, oh, do they want a handout? No, we don't want a handout. No, I hate that. What they need is a little bit of guidance. That's all. Just guide them. Some hardworking people. Mario, the passion that you just used to talk about that is the main reason why we knew you were going to be a fantastic speaker on this topic. I want us to talk a little bit to marketing and how you leverage marketing to attract the Hispanic customers. But I noticed that Dago popped in. So Dago, did you have a question you wanted to ask Mario before we get into marketing? No, I just absolutely love Mario's energy. I love everything he brings to the table. So he just, appreciate I that. needed to be here to like bask in that energy, you know? I appreciate that. So, uh, you know, one thing about when I ever needed an electrician, let's say I picked up a big job and this is when uh, Express, back in the day, AKA known as Try Me Electric, when I first started the organization with a, uh, a truck and a dream. And I showed you guys that picture, right? Truck mm -hmm. and a dream, that's when it all started, right? When we start off adventure and, and you don't know how to operate a business, you know, uh, who says it best? Ken Goodridge, uh, Michael Gerber said it best, the entrepreneur seizure. You know, when you start out your business, we start out as technicians. We don't know how to run the business. And as I was running and I was, as I was going down my journey, you know, I made a left turn somewhere and I became this huge electrical contractor doing tilt-up buildings and, you know, doing roping in homes and track homes and so forth and so on. And you know, by, by doing that, when I needed electricians, I used to put an ad in La Opinion, the Mexican-American newspaper. Oh, my God. All I had to do was put out an ad on Monday morning. By Tuesday morning, my phones were ringing off the hook. You know, I, I am an electrician. I'm an electrician. And I used to get about 30 guys to show up at the shop. And I used to have a bunch of pipe laying on the floor. And I used to be like, all right, grab that and bend, you know, bend me a 90. Go this, go this way, go that way. 
And then, uh, you know, some of them would lie because they just wanted the opportunity and some of them were good. And the next thing you know, I had a full workforce behind me and I used to be like, all right, you're my manager for today and you're going to run these 10 guys and you're going to go do this, right? Then we used that, what we had, fast forward to, fast forward to when we started marketing in, in our Hispanic culture, our community, you know, we started advertising in Spanish and to, again, and we took a risk because it, it's, it's taking a risk saying, okay, let, let's see what the ROI can look like. At the beginning, it sucked, you know, but again, and because you have to work out the bugs within your organization too. Why does it suck? What does the data show you, right? What is the data? I'm, I'm a data-driven kind of person, right? What is the data showing? How do we change it? What do we need to change? Because if you're not changing every day, if you're not, if you don't have change in your business every day, then there's something wrong going on because you gotta, you gotta have changes. It's just natural for you to have changes. But then once we found out the bugs that, hey, you know what, let's start answering the phone this way. Let's start asking the questions this way because it's not what you say, it's how you say it. When you start asking questions a different way, you're going to get a different answer, right? So we were able to see that the ROI started climbing from three to one to four to one to five to one, to six to one, to seven to one, to eight to one. So when we started seeing that the ROI started changing that way, we were like, okay, we're good. And then we started saying, okay, is this a seasonal thing? Is this a spike, right? We know that people shop different when the sun is out. We know people shop different when the sun is not out. We know that people shop different when it's cold, when it's raining versus when it's hot and humid. So we, I don't want to say we have the secret sauce for that because we don't. Marketing changes, you know, Tony Robbins says best. If you're not, if you're not changing your marketing every year, you're, you're going to fall behind, right? He didn't quite say it that way. I made that up right now, but it's something similar. He paraphrased. So, you know, we change it quite frequently and, but we see that, and I think most businesses see that a lot of money is being made in hot times, the summer, and a lot of money is made during the winter time, right? So, and that's what we fall under too, right? And I'm not an HVAC contractor. I'm a simple little poor little, little, little electrician. That's all I do, right? <laughs> Once we started marketing to that, then we, you know, went into TV. That was a challenge too of itself. It's hard to track TV, but once once your technicians start giving you the feedback saying, hey, this person actually found us online, not online, I mean on the TV, but they searched us online. Then that's when you start saying, okay, we're, we're starting to hit the community. We're starting to hit the community, right? And that works out. Thanks to that, I guess we're helping our community. And that's what I wanted to do the most. That's awesome. And to be clear, these ads that you ran in newsprint and in TV, were they uh, all in Spanish? Did they say, hey, we speak Spanish? How did you make sure that the Spanish 